0: Today on a classic compassion radio. And
1: then one of the kids said, please come to our home and meet our family. So Andrew Preby went to their home and they actually closed out Ramadan together. Awesome. In this refugee apartment, two cultures meeting together in this little apartment, closing out Ramadan together. And I think how beautiful is that and how many places and people would be loving and embracing and excited to have had that experience. That's one incredible woman that Brittany and I know. But I know a lot of families, a lot of men and women in Boise that are just like that.
2: This is Compassion Radio with Bram Floria. On this program, Bram spends time with people who live their lives in a missional way. Whether it's in a mud hut in remote Africa a church in war-torn Ukraine, a village in Nepal devastated by an earthquake, or one of the countless Christ-centered ministries in the United States, Bram is there, tirelessly bringing you the life-changing stories of God's love, goodness, and faithfulness. Just days ago, the community of Boise, Idaho, was rocked to their core after a horrific knife attack by a homeless man at the birthday party of a little three-year-old migrant girl. Last time on Compassion Radio, Bram spoke with Pastor Glenn Compton of First Baptist Church in Boise, taking an in-depth look at the ways God is using him and his team to minister to the refugee community and the community at large in the wake of this unimaginable tragedy. Today, Bram connects with Pastor Glenn's wife, Lainey, and a member of her team, Brittany Mars. I'm Frank Montenegro, Stay with us to hear how the Lord is making a way for these two godly women to be of service to a migrant community that is hurting in ways few of us can imagine. Here's Bram.
0: Friends, today on Compassion Radio, we're following up on the incredible and tragic story of what's been happening there in Boise, Idaho. Now, we talked with Glenn Compton in our last program about how the church is responding to the situation there and why it's important for the Christian church to be involved with the world, especially when God brings the world to your front door. And now on the program, I'd like to introduce Elaney Compton, Glenn's wife, and her good friend, Brittany Mars. Ladies, welcome to Compassion Radio. Thank,
1: Thank you. Thank you.
0: Now, the two of you have spent some important time today with some of the families that are directly affected by the attack. Tell me a little bit about the families, Brittany, that you work with there, and then we'll talk more about your work and why you're so interested in refugees. Who were you visiting today in the hospital?
3: Today I visited one of the families that was attacked.
0: And the family comes from what country?
3: They are from Syria.
0: From Syria. Now this was a multi-ethnic party, I understand, that this man attacked. He had a young child that passed away, that you posted a picture of, was all of three years old, and she came from, I believe, Ethiopia. Correct. How many people were involved with that birthday party? Or how many nations, rather?
3: I know that it was several.
0: So when you had that relationship with this family, how did you get to know them?
3: I worked as a case manager with the resettlement agency when they first arrived to the U.S.
0: Awesome. So you were one of the first points of contact, the first American face to put on our country. Yes. Very good. So how did you become friends in the process?
3: Oh, they are a remarkable family. Very gentle, kind, sweet-spirited people. They were never aggressive or angry, or oftentimes they had a right to be, and and they were always very respectful and very kind-hearted people.
0: All right. And now how many people were in this family that you were serving?
3: Um, They have three children and two adults.
0: And that family of five comes to America. They get resettled into Boise. How old were the children when they arrived?
3: um, They have a daughter that I believe is nine or ten, so she would have been seven or eight when she arrived. And then two sons that are, one is, I believe, eight now and six.
0: Six and six. So these are young kids all below the age of 10. And which one, if I may ask, from that family was attacked?
3: The two boys.
0: Both boys were attacked.
3: Yes, and the dad.
0: Wow. So three out of five in this one family alone celebrating a birthday party are facing death. How likely are they to recover?
3: Um, one of the sons has already been discharged. Hey, Amen. Recovering well, although still significantly traumatized. The other son and dad are still in critical condition, Hmm. but stable.
0: Okay. You worked on the issues of how refugees have to deal with new cultures and where hidden dangers might be lurking in a culture you're not familiar with. When you're walking families like this through the transition to a new country, what do you teach them? How do you tell them how to be savvy, savvy, but open and generous at the same time and know how to watch for dangers. I mean, those are the things I know you have to walk through with every refugee that comes.
3: Yes, and Agency for New Americans offers an extensive cultural orientation where we talk through the laws in the U.S. and a lot of different aspects of our culture here and how to be vigilant in keeping your family safe. But you have to understand these families, they're coming from places where these things happen, worse things happen. You know, So they're already, if anything, vigilant. They fear for their safety, whether there's danger nearby or not.
0: I know that most of the refugees that I've heard of that have been settled in the last five years or ones that I met in refugee camps myself, they're all suffering PTSD. I mean, you can see it in every twitch of their muscles. And I imagine a lot of that is very slowly worked out of the person while they feel like they're safe. And this kind of event, whatever the cause, whether it was a hate crime or not, sets back years of healing. So how are you, as a friend to this particular family, helping them to face the new challenge of renewed healing and starting over again, so to speak?
3: I think one thing that Lainey has really helped everybody focus on is that it's going to be long-term friendship that's going to help these families on their journey to healing. This is not a quick fix. It's not a short-term, let's give them all the money in the world and It's going to fix all the problems. What they need is relationship and kindness and compassion from people around them to help work through everything that they've just experienced. The
1: sad thing now, Bram, is there's a lot of attention on these three families. Right. And people are writing checks and funds have been set up. But months from now, they'll be forgotten. It'll be the close caseworkers, social workers, friends like Brittany, who will still love this family, reach out to that family, provide some maybe tutoring and just a needed friendship to let them know they're loved and they're not forgotten.
2: Coming up next on Compassion Radio.
3: And it's no insignificant impact on those people who are trying to comfort the families and are putting themselves out there. And I don't know if you would call it like a secondary trauma. You know, they didn't experience it, but they're, they're grieving the trauma that their loved ones have
0: experienced. Yes. Yeah. We'll be back to the interview in just a moment. Whether getting Bibles into closed countries, relief supplies into dangerous refugee camps, or providing training in theology books to barefoot pastors as they begin their ministry— These are all the kind of things we love to share with you every day. And more importantly, they're the kind of things we like to do. You know, for over 78 years now, Compassion Radio listeners and supporters like you have absolutely been up to the task. Will you help us get ready for the next big faith challenges and opportunities of this year? Your gift today will provide the means for us to begin some new initiatives with our Bible and relief partners that reach farther than we've ever gone before. It begins with you and your brave investment in kingdom communication and kingdom action. Every time we go to the front lines of faith, it inspires your faith and your giving to the Great Commission as much as it does ours. You step up and make it possible. It's our strong desire to be going deeper, to go farther, to be braver than we've ever been, and to bring you the stories that you just won't hear anywhere else. I simply ask that you would keep giving so that we can give back to the world through our strategic ministry partners and to you with inspiring programming on this radio station and over the internet. Here's how. The first and best way to reach us is through our website, CompassionRadio.com. It's available 24-7. Our safe and secure order form there will get your gift to the places needed most and we'll do it right away. You can also support us with a call during Pacific Time Business Hours at 1-800-868-2478. That's 1-800-868-2478. You can also text COMPASSION to 53445 to give right through your phone, no matter where you are. And note our new mailing address, which is P.O. Box 77160, Corona, California, 92877. Again, that's Box 77160, Corona, California, 92877. However, you give, we'd love to hear more about why you believe in Compassion Radio. We so much value your messages and letters. And know this your gift is deeply appreciated. Thank you for loving us in this way.
1: And now, back to Compassion Radio with Bram Floria. It'll be the close caseworkers, social workers, friends like Brittany, who will still love this family, reach out to that family, provide some maybe tutoring and just a needed friendship to let them know they're loved and they're not forgotten.
0: I'm glad you mentioned that because I'm not looking for a quick fix either to say we can throw a few dollars at the problem and solve it. This is a tragedy. And because it occurred in our own backyard, we have to take ownership of the fact that this country has these kind of struggles. We have either drug issues or mental health issues, and things that play into some of these kind of violent crimes. And then, of course, there's always the fear when refugees are concerned, there would be hostility because they're foreigners. So they are hyper vigilant as a community. And now this tragedy has befallen some families that desperately hope to have missed having to suffer any more of these kind of consequences of violence and war. And it's traumatizing. That's the best word for it. They've been physically attacks, and the whole community is traumatized.
1: Oh, yeah. I would say that's a great word. I think it shook the Boise community. There was a vigil last night at City Hall. You know, the mayor of Boise, Dave Beter, has mm-hmm. been amazing. Goodness. And he himself, his family came here from the Basque Country. You know, i read that not yesterday. from here, either. It was beautiful just to see him speak just so earnest. Our chief of police, oh, my word, he was incredible. Goodness. And actually, for a man of his stature and his experience... He was so tender and sweet. He actually broke down a little bit when he was talking about it. Such a big hearted man. And the people that responded apparently did an amazing job. The medical people that got there that were there so quickly and worked so diligently. It's, it's impressive to live in a community that has that. How many people do you think were there, Brittany? Over a thousand. Oh, awesome. it was packed. Glenn and I parked about eight blocks away from downtown, which is really unusual. Hmm. And you should have seen the mix of cultures of people that were not only just in shock, but just saying, this didn't happen to our refugee community. This happened to the Boise community.
0: That's a wonderful way to state it, and I'm glad you did. I'm trying to figure out a way to communicate as effectively as I can, that an attack against those we shelter is an attack against us. And for those who think, well, I have no dog in this fight, you do. This is your family. And if we're going to talk about nationality, Mm -hmm. we're going to talk about civic responsibility. Beyond that, in my case, I'm coming from a Christian perspective, as I know that you all are and are active in ministry. This is an assault against the kingdom when we shelter those who are seeking refuge. Mm -hmm. So to own this and say this is our tragedy is an important thing. Brittany... Since you have been a volunteer now in the situation and were previously a caseworker for an agency, what do you see as the best things about your community and the way they've handled the influx of refugees and how they're going to be able to handle this tragedy?
3: You know, I am really proud of Boise. I'm proud to be from here. I'm proud of the people. I think Boise has been incredible at welcoming these families from really horrific situations in their home countries and in refugee camps and countries where they were staying temporarily to go from those situations to a place like Boise where people smile and say hello on the street Mm. and invite you over for a meal without even knowing your last name. Mm. You know, like there's just a sense of community that I haven't really experienced in many other places when I've traveled. You know,
1: I was thinking of a scenario, Bram, where our pastor's wife, was dropping off some refugee kids after a refugee uh, baby shower we had for some Hmm. um, Muslim ladies at our church. And so the kids wanted the pastor's wife's kids to come out and play soccer, and they did. And then one of the kids said, please, come to our home, come to our home and meet our family. So Andrew Preeby went to their home, and they actually closed out Ramadan together in this refugee apartment. Two cultures meeting together in this little apartment, closing out Ramadan together. And I think, how beautiful is that? And how many places and people would be loving and embracing and excited to have had that experience? That's one incredible woman that Brittany and I know. But I know a lot of families, a lot of men and women in Boise that are just like that.
0: It's a special kind of bravery that says, I love you enough to come sit and have a meal with you and cross over your own preconceptions of what other people's culture or religion might require of them. Now, most of the American media is completely sold out on the concept that Islam equals violence. Now, of course, all of these refugees coming to us, whether they are Muslim, whether they are Christians or some other sect, when they arrive here, they are fleeing violence. They're not the perpetrators, and they've been vetted heavily. So there, as I understand, have been like maybe one or two episodes of violence committed by a refugee out of hundreds of thousands of them, which is an astoundingly safe statistic. Yet, of course, they have to punch through this bias against them as being somehow inherently violent because it came from a violent country. And now the violence has revisited them completely innocently. And at least, if nothing else, perhaps this could show us that these are peaceable, peaceful people that are being attacked and to take that to heart so we can take them into our hearts. So what do we do going forward, ladies? What kind of work will you be doing to follow up, and what's the vigil like for those who are still in the hospital, and how can we support and pray for that?
1: You know, I think what we'll do, and I should say to Brittany, I really appreciate the introduction she gave me today, because now this mother of these boys that are in the hospital has met me. She'll recognize my face, so I have that little inlet into her life, Mm -hmm. and um We're going to see if we can't connect with her, maybe provide um, some tutoring if the boys would like it. They go to a school really near the church. We'll establish some people that would like to befriend the family. Uh, We'll do some meals together.
4: Hmm.
1: We'll either invite them into our homes or we'll go to their homes and bring food It'll be a very relational, loving, friendly... It won't be a, let me buy you this, or let me just take you here and then take you home. I think it'll be more of an involvement, and probably several people. Brittany and her circle of friends, myself and my circle of friends, Collister Community Church is really interested and have some relationships with other refugees that live in that same complex. Very good. Two of the little boys that live in that complex are actually going to our church's junior high camp that starts next week. Awesome. And a couple people from the church have sponsored those boys to go. They'll never know the people that wrote the checks to send them to camp, but uh, they'll go and they'll have a great time. And so I think it'll be very relational. It'll be building friendships and meeting needs as they arise. It's really just like anyone else. When you meet your next-door neighbor, what do you do? Hmm. You get to know them. You spend time with them. You have meals together. You talk about things you love. You go on walks, fishing, that sort of thing.
0: And you have a great place to do all those things right there in the foothills of the Rockies. It's a beautiful, beautiful place of the country. Uh, Brittany, your heart's in this. Obviously, you were working in the field, and now you've got friends because of your experience in refugee relief work. I know that this particular event in that complex is the biggest nightmare that anybody who serves them has. So how do we encourage people like you who are giving their hearts and their lives to help people start new?
3: Yeah, I think it's an important thing to acknowledge the impact on community members who love and care for these families. I've been out of the refugee community for a little over a year now, so I'm not as well connected as I used to be, but I know... Colleagues who spent the night at the hospital the night of the attack, and you know were comforting the family members in the hospital room while their um, loved ones were receiving medical treatment and It's no insignificant impact on those people who are trying to comfort the families and are putting themselves out there and I don't know if you would call it like a secondary trauma, you know they didn't experience it, but they're they're grieving the trauma that their loved ones have experienced.
0: Yes. Yeah. You can't predict where the ripples will go. And right now it feels like a tidal wave. Mm -hmm. So we need to pray for the community there and for those who serve those who are coming to America and becoming America. Well, ladies, is there anything else that you can tell me about the situation there in Boise and the families that you're ministering to there at the hospital that we should know and that we should be praying about across the United States?
3: I think one thing that has been just truly beautiful is to see The refugee community come around these families, and, you know, I think as Americans, we can sometimes get hyper-focused on our own bubble and Mm. our day-to-day work and our to-do list, but these families, whether they know them personally or not, they consider them family, and they are bringing meals to the hospital, and they're hosting the children who aren't in the hospital, in their homes, and they've really come alongside these families and wrapped their arms around them in a way that is just really special.
1: Oh, even the teachers, when we were at the hospital this morning, Bram, hmm. uh, one of the teachers from, I think it was Taft Elementary, is that right?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, came up, and right away when she saw the mom, their eyes lit up, they hugged, they embraced. She brought a big bucket of games because some of the kids are actually in the waiting room Mm -hmm. while mothers visit with other mothers who have children who are being treated in the hospital. So it's not just children who are being treated here and adults are being treated, but the waiting room has adults and children that are part of that extended family or community too. And it was so beautiful, even when the mother with the two boys in the hospital saw Brittany she got this little sparkle in her eye, and they yeah. hugged each other. and It has been really special, and I think that's where God shows up and where we see Him at work, yeah. is something good, many good things will come from this, but it's hard to see that. So I think we have to see it in those little moments.
0: It is good that you share the grief of another. And ladies, thank you so much for being the hands and feet of Christ and that you invested yourselves early. You have the opportunity now to do what you're doing because you invested before something like this happened. And therefore, you've got credibility. And that's an important thing. So there might be other tragedies and things that rise up in our nation where the ugliness rises up in ways we don't want to admit. But before those things might happen, it's important for the the body of Christ especially to step in and be in relationship with and in showing the love of Christ to those who are escaping these kind of horrors. So I again, I cannot stress enough to our listeners how important it is in your communities to take an opportunity to meet, greet, and love on and share a meal with somebody who's new to you, who's new to the community, who may be new to this whole country and this whole way of life because of what they've come from, and to seek out people like Brittany and Laney that are doing that kind of work in their communities and to learn from them what makes this kind of lifestyle so rewarding. I'm proud of you, ladies, and I thank you for sharing a little bit of your story. I hope we can follow up sometime in the near future to see what's become of the situation there and of the families that are affected so directly by this violence. Thank you for joining me today on Compassion Radio.
1: Absolutely, and thank you so much for having us on today, Bram. We love the opportunity to just share what we can because we know there are other people out there like us that are just going to continue giving and loving and praying as a community and as a body of people. Something like this can really make us stronger.
0: Amen to that. Brittany Mars, yep. Landy Compton from Boise, Idaho, great volunteers and Sisters in Christ, folks that are doing the work that God wants done right now at a place that needs it the most. Thanks so much for joining us on Compassion Radio.
3: Thank you. Thank
1: you.
0: If you've missed any part of today's broadcast,
2: you can listen again anytime just by opening up a browser on your computer, smartphone, or tablet and going to compassionradio.com to find out more about this ministry. And please think about signing up for our email updates. Again, it's compassionradio.com.
4: on my own I'm in so So, my soul, be satisfied.
0: Remember, friends, Compassion Radio is always a coalition of the willing. Are you willing to help get out God's good news stories of the kingdom really living the gospel in the 21st century? Oh, I hope so. Thank you, friends, for standing with Compassion Radio during these times of great change to our normal life. Of course, there's nothing normal about our situation, but there's also nothing normal about the kind of faith and power we find in Jesus. Just visit our website, CompassionRadio.com, or call our toll-free order line, one 800 868 and note our new mailing address, which is P.O. Box 77160, Corona, California, 92877. Again, that's Box 77160, Corona, California, 92877. We need you, friend, so contact us today.